0: Welcome to this episode of Nature Speaking, a collaborative podcast from Emily Carr University of Art and Design, where we explore how the reduction in human activity during the first months of the pandemic affected the natural world. My name is Kira, and I'll be your host for this particular episode about frogs and their threatened existence, here where I live in the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations, also known as Vancouver. Tune in to learn a bit about native and invasive frog species in so-called Vancouver, and learn how you can help protect the native species. During the first few weeks after the big shutdown in the end of March, I definitely noticed the lack of human-made noise and its effects. Besides hearing less traffic, fewer airplanes, and more birds, I noticed the sound of frogs seemed louder and closer, and like there were more frogs in the area. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was staying with my parents, who live close to a forest. Usually you can hear the frogs at night from my parents' place in the spring and summer, but they are always very faint and you really have to strain to hear them. During the lockdown, though, that was different. At first I thought that was because there were actually more frogs than previous years, but after talking to some neighbours who said they didn't notice the frogs, I've come to the conclusion that this isn't the case. I think probably the lack of background traffic noise made the sound of the frog's call more noticeable, and so it seemed louder. I couldn't find any research done on specific frog populations during the first few months of the pandemic, and even though there probably was no change in the local frog population, it made me curious and I wanted to find out what kind of frog I was hearing. I started researching local frog species and their calls to try and identify what kind of frogs were in the neighborhood. Red-legged frog. Hmm, okay, wasn't that one. Let's try the bullfrog. (laughs) Okay, definitely wasn't that one. What about the Pacific tree frog? that one. I'm not sure though. Maybe it's the boreal chorus frog. Okay, yeah. I think that's it. It sounds like that. Okay, well, actually, it almost definitely wasn't the Boreal Chorus Frog. After doing a bit more research, it turns out that the Boreal Chorus Frog only lives in the far northeast corner of the province British Columbia. And since Vancouver is in the far southwest corner of the province, it can't be the Boreal Chorus Frog. After a bit more googling, I decided it must be the Pacific Tree Frog. Turns out that little guy is threatened by this guy, the bullfrog. The bullfrog is an introduced species that's a huge frog and a huge problem. Most people agree that the species was first introduced to the province by people who wanted to farm the frogs, harvest the legs, and sell them to the culinary industry. The frog farming never really became lucrative here in BC, and now we're dealing with a spreading population that is threatening native species like the Pacific tree frog. Bullfrogs grow up to 17 centimeters long and basically eat anything that will fit into their mouths. Literally. Insects, birds, small mammals, uh, apparently even baby ducks. They're eating hatchling turtles, they're eating garter snakes and salamanders and native frogs. It's a problem that grows like a wildfire. That was Stan Orchard, a Vancouver Island-based conservation biologist and president of bullfrogcontrol.com. He's collected over 30,000 bullfrogs since 2007. His efforts have only gotten support from local governments, even though the province is officially responsible for dealing with invasive species under the BC Wildlife Act. The province says it's aware of the bullfrog problem, but says it's so widespread it would just be too costly to try to eradicate them. So, what can we do? There's lots of info online, including on bullfrogcontrol.com. Here's a list that I found on that website. 1. Learn to identify bullfrogs and bullfrog tadpoles. 2. Send your observations of bullfrogs to bullfrogcontrol.com and encourage people to do the same. 3. If you hear of people releasing bullfrogs or you see someone do it, report it immediately to bullfrogcontrol.com or the Provincial Wildlife Database. What should we not do? 1. Don't transport and release bullfrogs. Two, don't use bullfrog tadpoles as fish bait. Just a few escapes could lead to even more unwanted and ecologically harmful populations of bullfrogs. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Speaking. My name's Kira, and I hope you enjoyed learning a bit more about native and invasive frog species in so-called Vancouver. If you have any sounds or stories about nature's comeback during the slowdown of human activity during the pandemic, send us an email at naturespeakingecuad at gmail.com. That's naturespeakingecuad at gmail.com. fact to send you on your way. Many species of frogs can jump a distance of 20 times their body length. This is the same as an average-sized human jumping over 30 meters, or the length of a seven-story building.